0: Year, I spend more
1: money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you mean. You're talking to the Rolex, wearing diamond ring, wearing kiss-stealing, are dealing limousine light jet flying, son of a gun,
0: and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. To all so, uh, husbands.
1: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the July 6th edition of the Walker AC Experience coming to you live on a uh, on a Thursday. Yes, we're coming back once again to entertain, to provoke thought, and to at least, you know, make you uh, scratch your head to which one is the smartest one, which is Kevin. Yeah, which one is the <laughs> mentally retarded one. That'll be me. So, and of course, I'd like to thank podbean.com for once again sponsoring and hosting the Walker AC experience. You can always find us on 22 free different platforms, whether it be Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, or iHeartRadio. And of course, you can reach out to us under slackingmajestically01 at yahoo.com. That's slackingmajestically01. Yahoo.com, and of course, also, you can leave comments and concerns on Podbean.com. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host of the show, the co-host with the intelligence, the co-host with the logical brain to uh, work with me, the short-bust man that eats paste. Welcome, Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going?
0: Hello, Adrian. Hey, hey, hey. You know, it's, I don't know, it's going to. Interesting to see short buses. When I was a kid, I'm like, ooh, cool. <laughs> it's a short bus. <laughs> Is that for to people?
1: <laughs> now, of course, now, little did I know, I always wanted to ride the short bus just to get the experience. But my mother was Vietnamese, oh, vehemently, see, I can talk, against it. And I never understood why until I got older. And I'm like, oh, that's why. Nothing against people who used to ride the short bus. You probably turned out way better than I. So kudos to you. Hey.
0: Riding a yellow bus is better than riding a white bus,
1: buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, how's it going in the life of Kevin?
0: Oh, well, you know, dealing with heartburn, but hey, we heartburn and heartache. So alright.
1: I think it's probably the same thing. I mean, you know, if any other kind of fiery things exit out my orifice, I'd rather deal with the heartache. Um... <laughs> But as we get going, we like to thank you and uh, Jeff for inviting me on the podcast "Cereal and Beer." I had a great time doing that show, and it's currently uploaded right now on Podomatic and, of course, on Podbean.com. So, as we get started, I will turn the reins over to you, Mr. Kevin. Uh, you will uh, talk about whatever we wish to today, and of course, that'll get us started. And once again, have a nice, deep conversation, just kind of going back and forth a little bit. So, what do you have for us this evening?
0: Okay, so tonight's topic or theme is about stories. Um, I think in other uh, episodes, I've said that you have to be the main character of your story. Now, I get reminded of this boom from the season or like, yeah, season one episode of the new season of Black Mirror. Uh, I've talked about it before, I've shouted it out, recommended it, and so it's basically the, the plot is as a woman, and all of a sudden, her life is, has been annoyingly turned into a Netflix drama, and so at least it happens, like almost a slightly exaggerated form of it, appears on their platform, Netflix, and so you know, it's interesting to think about the themes of your life and how that if we don't remain conscious of our lives and what we're doing and how we're behaving, it can we miss out on how we affect the world around us, and. How others perceive us so I thought that was a really good episode Um, and again go go ahead and go watch uh, Black Mirror if you got Netflix but yeah um, because I try to as best as I can hold the reins of my life and keep trying to push myself to to get things done to to not let fear get in the way of things because I'm a highly anxious person if I'm not careful, anxiety drives everything I do, for good or, or bad, and we have to think about, you know, how are we formulating our stories, what's the theme of our story, what are we putting out there, uh, what's our narrative, Is our, are we just writing a tragedy, or is it a comedy, or is it a thriller, you know, what is the, the, the story that we're giving to others when we talk to them, what do you think Adrian?
1: I've always had a strong imagination as a child, and I've always seen my life as a movie. Um, I'm not too sure if that's narcissistic. (laughs) I'm not too sure (laughs) if that's a a selfish take, but I've always seen my life as a movie because I understand that there are the first, second, and third act. And of course also there are little side um, areas in a movie also. So as I've gotten older, I have really tried to take control of my movie. Now I'm not going to lie, you know, as a kid, teen, young adult, I let the outside elements control the flow of my movie, where the direction of my movie and who the main character is for the longest time, I've always waited for the main character in my movie. Now what I mean by that is always waited for the relationship to be the main star. You know, I wanted the star to be the relationship aspect of it, or the, you know, the female companion. Not knowing that I should um, really focus on me as a star first, building myself up, taking care of myself to get me to that next level of stardom, as, as we would call it. Because at the end of the movie, that's it, it's a wrap. You really can't look back and look at the, uh, the special features, or the Easter eggs, or the hidden scenes, once it's a wrap, it's a wrap. Um, so once again, at my ripe age of forty-seven, I believe I am finally the superstar of my own, you know, of my own story, because I can, because I now can control every aspect of it, and I understand how it works. And as far as your story, once again, it's still continuing. Everyone's story is continuing, of course. How do you see yourself as a, as a movie star in in your life right now? Well, I have to accept the role of
0: protagonist. Now, it's not saying that I'm the good guy. It means that the story has to be around me and about me. That this is my life, and um, the character that I have to accept being is someone that's um, almost on a, uh, a variation of the hero's journey. Now, um, I think Aristotle Aristotle has like a great um, diatribe about, you know, the elements of, of, of uh, fiction and drama, storytelling, and that you know, he, I think he or, or else, another philosopher, that there's basically seven, only seven types of stories, and that seems like the hero's journey is one of the most popular ones. We can see it all the way back from the tale of, uh, I don't know, um, um, uh, what's his face, like Beowulf, in those ancient tales that follows the same structure. And I think it has, you know, of course, real life is usually stranger than fiction and a lot, sometimes a lot less glamorous, but we have to be thinking about it. Like, what drives us and how are we perceiving ourselves? Because it makes me think about some people, how they portray themselves. And, like, if you constantly say that you're the victim, you're the victim, you're the victim, it takes away your culpability. It takes away your, respons- your responsibility. And it also kind of puts everything, like, like oh the world's against me versus what have, how have i interacted what 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 have i what am i learning and it's also you know in a lot of more i guess non-children's stories there's growth there's change and so we talk about growth and change in, in the past in our episodes and also like what is changing about you how are you progressing are you you know, are you, are you being diminished or are you being uplifted? So I think these things are to be consciously held in us as we progress in our lives.
1: I think, <clears throat> excuse me, for some people, like you said, I think they like the victim role because they want to be saved. Very rarely you have the villains because the villains' stories, to be realistic, isn't really all that interesting. All that interesting. The hero's world that you play in your movie is the most interesting thing. You can talk about how you became the hero and how you're sustaining being the hero. And when it's time for you to expire, you're going to die a hero and they're going to tell your tale. And that's what I believe life is mainly about. Just doing all these wonderful things in your own world. So when it's time, you pass the story. You know, whether it be like Beowulf, like you mentioned, or even Hamlet. You know, Hamlet's story it lives on, and even, even though some people don't know Hamlet, they get the basic gist of the story. Um, the story of my life, like I said, I'm not the hero. I'm certainly not a villain yet, give it time. Um, but I am the main star, I'm the main character. And things that I do, things that I say, my actions have a ripple effect on those around me, and sometimes even strangers and it's the, most inter- it's the most interesting thing about my life because the way I was the way I was born the way I was nurtured and how I am to this day my different views upon life whether some that are popular some that are unpopular but I have maintained this evolution of my character for the longest time and I'm just keeping evolving so being the superstar of my own movie as entertaining as it sounds I think it's you know a rather moderate part and I think I want that moderate part just to be the story of my life. Just a nice, calm guy that went through the world just doing good things, you know, for people just because. And, and I really think right. I like it that way.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with having this kind of life where it's about contemplation. That's not bad at all. Um, I want to touch upon the ideas of hero villain. And what's interesting about villains, I've noticed that a large amount of them see themselves as the victim. They say, think everybody's wronged me, everybody's hurt me. So therefore, what I've learned is I better be the villain. I better be the one that is, you know, hold the gun or the knife, and be the one that victimizes, versus or or else I'll become a victim again. I just kind of sense that theme in a lot of people sometimes. And also, I also think some of the greatest villains think they're the hero. They think they're the only one that knows best, that that just has the power, and really believe they have this complex that I am the smartest person in the room, I am the most powerful person in the room. These people should bow down to me, and society needs to follow my lead because I'm the one that can save people. Uh, it's, it's really interesting when you think about what leaders are how sociopaths uh, rise to power
1: well it's it's the same it's the same saying as a wrestler now I know some of my listeners out there are wrestling fans but just take this ride with me a villain in wrestling terms believes their own story they believe what they're doing is right like you touched upon earlier so any kind of retaliation they do against a good guy, it's warranted. No matter how absurd the reason is, as long as you believe it, then you're never the villain. You're never the villain. You know, and you know, it all goes back to people who are just kind of not self-aware or kind of sociopaths, like you said. They will always believe their own story. And no matter what anybody says around them, no matter what facts are in front of them, you know, they're, they're, you know, not, you know, I mean, they're going to be, they, they don't see themselves as a villain. I think that's really interesting,
0: to way to frame it. I like that. I also believe that um, people with a, a fair amount of self-awareness um, and consciousness are filled with doubt. I don't think a lot of, like, villains are conflicted about what they do, like, what you're saying. But when you're doubtful, when you think, "Am I doing the right thing?" and the trepidation of what decisions? I think that takes a lot of like self-awareness to be like, "Man, I just hope that you know it goes the way I intended to."
1: Well, and if it doesn't, then it's never your fault. You know, when when you you know when you're the villain, and you don't realize it, and you try to you know uh, you try to make excuses for it. It's never your fault. You're you're, you're always a victim and, you know, you're just waiting to be saved. And I think, unfortunately, that's a lot of people nowadays. Um, It's different because, like I mentioned before, me wanting everyone to be self-aware and to be humble and just to be good, you know, I think that puts, you know, I think that stresses me out more because I want this to be good for everyone. But on certain occasions, certain people you speak to, certain people you you know surround yourself with, or just people that you bump into, they really don't have the same goals or the same mindset as you are, and it's just so it's just so weird to me how so many villains that are out there that really don't know they're villains.
0: I also like I also like to think about the theme of of um, our lives as like the genre who we're creating. If we're constantly engaging in conflict, you know, it might be the, you know, a real life action movie, which is, sounds horrific <laughs> and stressful, or like a horror movie where there's this like danger at all times, or just, you know, a melodrama where there's this emotional gut wrenching events happen all the time. Or maybe you can think about this as, as a comedy and embrace like everything that happens. So ridiculous and or it could be just um, a, a positive tale of you learning about yourself and becoming a better person but I think that's also a part of it is how we're framing things how we're interacting our our, basically our perspective if you're going out there thinking the world is your enemy then I think that's gonna you can treat it as that as such the world is your enemy. But if you think of the world as a, a place of, of exploration and, and, and opportunity, your experience and outlook will reflect how you how you treat it back.
1: And I agree to that. Mainly, like I mentioned before, and once again, I'm gonna harken back to the old shows, it's easier to go, to go out into the world with a negative mindset than it is a positive because if you're more negative if you look for the bad in things you know if you're looking for your origin backstory story or why you turn into a villain it's more entertaining because you have more things to point the finger at you have more things to complain about and you have more reasoning in your mind to go this is what happened to me you know i don't understand why this happened to me it's never my fault this person did something to me. So this is why I am the way I am. And I have no control over that. Once again, it's easier to point the finger at somebody else rather than point it back to yourself.
0: Yeah. And I also think that we do that because we, we have a, we'll have a target. We'll have somebody to, to aim our, our, our frustrations at. sometimes I feel like, like, eh, we do that because we can sharpen our pain into a dagger and stick into the heart of somebody else because it's so uncomfortable to, to do that to yourself it, it's a, so it, it, there's some cultural values too i think because you know as an asian american i think sometimes the safe target is ourselves because we you know in a lot of asian cultures is harmony and you don't break harmony so it's almost a safer bet to hurt yourself you know even though you'll hurt others by hurting yourself it is weird being by season time traditional values
1: interesting generally speaking most americans want to blame others for the hurt instead of accept, instead of accepting it themselves and it just makes for the better story you know, i mean would yeah. you would you rather go through life happy go lucky optimistic looking for the good in everything, treating others extremely well like you're supposed to, or walking out into the world with a bad attitude, with your guard up, ready to pounce, ready to attack. You know, anyone who you believe looks at you the wrong way, says the wrong thing, or even you assume the wrong thing about them. It's so much easier to do that. It's so much easier, you know, like, you know, like just to get that, that woe is me mentality. And I know we spoke on this ad nauseum, so many times, it's better to think bad and do bad versus the good stuff. This is why I'm going back to the, back to the reference in wrestling. Sometimes the good guys suck and the bad guys are really cool. Everyone likes the bad huh. guy.
0: I also, you know, made me think, you know, what you brought out is that um, it makes it easier storytelling technique to have a bad guy because then you can somehow defeat them. It's like Once they're put down, once they're humiliated, once they've gone away, you beat them down. It's almost like an easier way to tell a story versus confronting yourself and, and, and really examining your internal struggles. It's a harder story to tell with, like it's a little less clear to you know when you really defeat
1: your own demons. Is once again is too easy. It's too easy to take that accountability and look in that mirror and go, it's me. You know, I'm the one that's the villain. I'm the one that's blaming everyone but my own. It's a comfort thing. Unfortunately, generally speaking, most people it's a comfort thing. Cause why change it? It's worked so well for you already. You know, why, why evolve yourself? Why change yourself to become a better person? You know, I like being the angry, better person. I like keeping my guard mm-hmm. up. I like attacking because it keeps people away and it works for me. And then when I'm ready, I can say it's not my fault. It was how I was raised. It's my environment. It's everything other than it's just me. It's so much easier. Once again, look at movies, look at television, look at just anything. Not that to blame what's out there, is people pick up on that. It's a simple, most easy storyline to pick up on. I'm the bad guy. This is why. You hurt me and everybody else around me hurt me. So I'm going to lash out at you without provocation or without having that self-aware enough to go, maybe I need to, you know, to really change up who I am or just not necessarily change who I am. It's just really change your way of thinking a little bit. That really goes a long way.
0: And also, I also want to talk about how to be careful of a story of self-destruction, constantly whipping ourselves and just yeah. it just punishing ourselves. <laughs> you know, a mild version of this is like recalling really yeah. embarrassing things, things that make you I do this to myself, and I get a, I get this weird physical reaction. Like I'll do something weird to snap myself out of these embarrassing <laughs> memories it's, it's a weird habit of mind. I think, oh, remember when you did that, you probably humiliated yourself? (laughs) It's so odd to do that to yourself. And so there's also time and space and necessity to forgive yourself as well. And that if you're actually going to change, I think that's part of self-forgiveness, self-love, and and regarding yourself as as something that's worth the time and effort to change for and you got to love yourself exclusively it shouldn't be subtle
1: i don't think a whole lot of people love themselves i think they put up the false the false way of it you know i love who i am i love my way of life i love whatever i no i think most of us don't have that i think most of us don't know what that is most of us take it as materialistic I love who I am because I have that car and that house and everything of the sort. Others are the, you know, the clothes and the hair and stuff like that. I don't think a whole lot of people have that internal love about themselves. And you know, I think that's something that we really lost our, we really lost our way on. And I think we lost that for the longest time. I mean, right? it's, wow, it's definitely pronounced nowadays. You know i mean everyone who's made up with makeup everyone who's dressed fancy and this goes for men and women just they don't know how to love themselves they're finding that false temporary love and then as they get older before and they realize it, who they are when it's too late and then once again it go always goes back in full circle to the origin story of the villain you know i don't know what happened to me everyone did this to me my environment did this to me Friends, family, relationships did this to me, so they turned me into who I am today. Instead of acknowledging who they are and working on themselves and maybe learning from it. Or not letting it bug them at all and just focus on themselves.
0: Right. Like, um, it reminds me of this, uh, this one movie called The, the Pianist and, and it's basically about a woman, just her life spinning out of control. She becomes a kind of a um, sadomasochist for herself, and it's a it's a very sad movie, but it's a very powerful one, and it's, it's almost relatable to see compare that as, as what people do themselves. They'll, they'll hurt themselves just to feel good, or they'll you know they have that kind of like inkling in their in their hearts thinking, I'm not happy in my life, but they don't have the no motivation or put it as a priority to to, to, to improve themselves, to get to that source of happiness and self-love. And I agree that we live in an age where we found new ways to make ourselves dysfunctional. We found new ways to find things that we want that we didn't know that we wanted. We found new ways to despite each other, hurt each other. It's it's incredible. And I think like, our society would really benefit when we explicitly taught teach each other to love ourselves unconditionally because we're all we got. And you know, our self-relationship can't be fostered by anybody else. We ourselves can't do the work.
1: But generally speaking, and I say this an awful lot, for most people, Kevin, it's too hard. It's too hard you know, to, yeah. to uh, call back on one of your things. I don't want to do the push-ups. I want the push-ups, <clears throat> I want the push-ups to be done for me. I don't want to do the work because I deserve everything. And if I'm not given everything, it's your fault. It's all your yeah. fault.
0: But then, like, right when we think of our stories, we think about the stuff we take during our stories. It was, it was the same after written over and over again? Or, or was it just the valiant attempts to face The possibility that we can't make it you know it's i think there's a, in american culture the underdog story is powerful because i think we see ourselves as the underdog and even you know even a story let's let's say rocky won he doesn't win it at the end but he won his self-respect he put it all on the line and that was a victory unto itself and i hope that people can really think about that like go down swinging whether you you make it or not that's one But you did it, you made that, that victory.
1: And see, in theory, that's really nice. In theory, that's something we should really do. But, and see, I'm not going to say this generation. I'm gonna say basically that we have too much stuff, too much easy stuff to make our lives, you know, easy. <laughs> I guess I use that term way too many times, but it's, um, it's just the work, you know, to have, other things to do the work for us instead of us doing it ourselves, getting our hands dirty and sweating and, and sacrificing, you know, to become a better version of ourselves. So much easier. Like I've said before to, to sit on that couch and look at that TV and go, wow, that looks great. I want that, but I can't get that because insert excuse number 56,000 here, Uh you know, instead of getting up and paying 20 bucks a month to go to the gym Or paying that extra $2 to get more fruit at the fair, you know, to fruit at the farmer's market, you know, or having that confidence to go get that promotion at that job or something of the sort, you know, their own mind is stopping them from doing what they need to be doing. And it's, it's sad, it's frustrating, it's, it's sickening. And it's just a culture that's fell into it and don't want to get out. Because it's difficult to get out.
0: It is. I I oftentimes think of about when I was a kid. You know, I was just raised to, you know, not to be fearful of the world. So I would just sit in my room and just watch TV for a good amount of my childhood. And You know, this is I mean, before the mass, you know, before the internet 2.0. And so as I got older, I think I thought, Wow, what a waste of you. Now, you know, I went outside with my friends We played in the woods and all of that, but so much of it was just through mindless entertainment. And what did that bring me? It didn't bring much. It almost makes me sad when I hear people said, oh, I was raised on it's a piece of entertainment. I'm like, that didn't raise you. That babysat you. Yes. And that's all you can see when, you know? That's what you have to say for your life. I I would be mad at myself if I said that. You know, like, that's why I took more opportunities, more chances as I got older. Because I'm like, this. What I what a bad story to tell. Though, that I just sat there and watched movies and TV's my whole life. And I hope that you know, for our for our listeners that may be a little more sedentary, think about that story. How. How was a story where they just, oh, I just just play video games all the time? It may be entertaining, but is that the story that you want to tell people now? Not even in the future, right now.
1: Is that what you want to say for yourself? And they probably will. They probably will. They'll probably be wrapped up in so much technology that going outside, going for a walk, going for a bike ride, that's something ludicrous. You know, I'd rather stay at home and work on my hand-eye coordination playing GTA, and that's a so dated reference um, that <clears throat> I would you know, I don't want to go outside and do anything, because why should I? You know Everything I need is right here. And oh, when you yeah.
0: oh, What you ahead. do when you make those efforts to tell that story of the journey of discovery and growth and struggle, what a story. What some, what, that's something you can be proud of it could be something small like you learning how to how to sing, how to dance. Something that's personal. I think that's beautiful. But you went out there and you had to drive and then, you know, you faced the fear of being a beginner and you stuck with it no matter the result. And I think that's so valuable. Cuz then you at least even have that great story to tell people.
1: Yes, and I wonder with this particular generation what story are they going to tell you know how are they going to tell their story you know well i <clears throat> i played on my vr machine i worked out on my extras, i worked out on my peloton after i was done i played my video games and sat around the house waiting for life to come to me instead of me going to it Well that's, that's
0: yeah i hope that people really consider that that there's something right in life and that When you have the resources opportunities you don't know it until it's gone really
1: and that's and that's that's pretty bad you know and i never thought i'd be that old man that screams at clouds and says back in my day you know we worked hard and walked uphill both ways and stuff like that but that's really what it boils down to i never understood when I was younger, of course, how how hard my mother worked and how many hours she worked and how she was barely home. And when she was home, she was always tired because she worked so much to provide for us. And now I look at this particular generation and seemingly no one wants to work hard. They really don't. They want the money, but they don't want to work. And when it's time for work, we lean back on the, the excuses that builds the villains. It's their fault. They don't like me. They don't want to give me more money or promote me or stuff like that. You know, I've done all this stuff and apparently not. (laughs) Apparently you haven't done all this stuff because you're still in the same position that you are now. So, you know, look in that mirror, have that conversation with yourself and try again or find something else and work harder. You know, you don't like coming into work at 9 o'clock? Go into work at 8 o'clock. You know, you can't wait to get off work at 6? Stay till 7. You know, put any extra, I, you know, put any extra work, and just train your body and mind to get used to it because it does pay off.
0: I do want to constructively challenge that notion, though. First off, every generation sets that up the new generation. You know, remember how they talked about Generation X being slackers, and then oh, those hippies back in the sixties—they're worthless. They just want you to do drugs and have worries all day, or like all oh, those people they didn't to fight the Great War or oh those people didn't have to fight the first great war <laughs> so it's always been this way I mean you know people probably were I think I read that people were against reading because it diminished people's memories they able to use that as the way to <laughs> really get through life and so again I think you know even children's day they'll say that I'm the next generation so it's just a theme also I think about the concept of general of um generational trauma and that you know this generation should suffer just as, bad as i did and they should they should just like toil and they should sweat and bleed in the same as i did and also because it also goes into my theme of what's the point of humanity what is the humanity's story are we trying to uh, develop our society or are we endlessly winding away for what like what are we doing? Are we just still just concerned with basic fundamental human needs? Or are we trying to develop as a species and by but just keeping these keeping people to a same grinding mentality? I'm not sure that's gonna really develop the human you know, species.
1: Well that is the main question. That's been the main question for for centuries. Is the basic, why are we here? You know, what is our goal? What is our mission? I mean, God gave us free will or what other religion you believe in or lack thereof. We're here for a specific purpose. And like I said before, and I'm, I know I'm going to get a ton of, ton of hate for saying this, but I believe that at least 80% of us forgot why we're here. Totally forgot why we're here. Mm-hmm. Whether it be... I- wrapped up in our own BS, wrapped up in the things we have versus what we don't have. I think generally speaking, a good chunk of us forgot why we're here. And the ones that do understand and realize why we're here, we're not gonna be here very long because we have to go somewhere else. <laughs> that's right. You know, you know that's just my thing. This is why um I look at older men, for example. Older, older black men. They are the happiest, happiest people I have ever seen. And I had to ask one of them, you know, um, an uncle of mine in his 80s. He was all smiles. And I asked him one day, I'm like, with all due respects, why are you so happy? And he looked at me still smiling. And he starts laughing. He laughs uncontrollably. And he's like, because I did it. I made it. You know, I understand why I'm here. I understand where I'm going, and I made it. And that's all he said. And once again, happiest guy in the world. And that has stuck in my head for the longest time, being 47 at the halfway mark of the race. And I really believe I know why I'm here. And it's a good feeling, a scary feeling, and a very um, comfortable feeling to know why I'm here and to know where I'm going once I'm all done.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I like the way you put it, I do think that, that her, I read that it's, um, our purpose is to find our purpose and that we're not just robots, you know, programmed to do one thing and that the world is so variable and there's so many opportunities and there's so many ways of thinking and, and exploration. That's kind of part of it. I think human curiosity is should be fostered, and and I just think that when we're not, when we're unafraid to break with mold, to pursue what we want, and to know that there's ideas out there, and have given the freedom, and and, and to do it, I think we can each live richer lives, and to go back what I was saying, that we're stuck in the grinding mentality of working hard to enrich others (laughs) <laughs> and probably making other people richer because of it, It's. Not, I don't think it's really conducive to finding our purpose.
1: So, what do you think the answer is? I think that, well,
0: <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I think, you know, if our society was willing to dig a little deeper to eschew all the the frivolous things and start engaging people that's why I kind of like some like modern entertainment because it goes a little deeper with deeper themes and more great rather than black and white in it you know I think there's a value to this it gets people thinking um, having a deeper conversation and not relying on on making things A or B sometimes sometimes CD EFD you know in the grand scheme of things or just like and then you know coming back to ourselves as people giving ourselves Challenging ourselves, challenging the way I think or we're thinking, like even like something like you and I do, having constructive, compassionate conversations, with, without trying to just beat each other down, or having you know disagreeing with thoughts. I think that's extremely
1: valuable. And I agree with that. Now to counteract that a little bit. Yes, we should have those conversations, those deep conversations, and really think and ponder life and decisions and what's next. But I think most people have, most people don't really keep things simple. Now, of course, you know, as you said, you know, things aren't black and white, there's multiple levels. But I think we really need to go back to making things simple before we start handling the difficult stuff, because we get, because we're all lost in the woods, the majority of us are lost in the woods and they're overthinking it, you know, instead of just, you know, stripping it down to his bare bones and really focusing on just the basic things in life because we are distracted by everything around us, all the new fun things around us, the woes, the, the, the traumas and tragedies in life, and we just forget the simple things. If we start all over again with the simple things, learning to this sounds so silly, but learning to breathe, learning to look around, learning to appreciate, you know, learning to really focus on clouds, grass, trees, the bare bones. Once we have to rebuild our foundation, we have to retrain ourselves, then I think once we get the handle on that, we can go to the next step. Because right now it's not a b and c it's a d g t stuff like that we're skipping over we're skipping over the basics and because we're just in a race just to get the bigger and better things and once again you know it's it's, it's the force from the trees kind of saying that that really holds true when it comes to the human race and like i said before once we get to the finish line by the time we get to z We've realized what things were, and how they are, and it's too late to enjoy them. I
0: I agree. Like being grounded, which is why I I like um, meditation so much. It is such a seemingly simple act, but it is quite challenging. To really put aside all the all of the thoughts, all the priorities, all things you want to or need to do, and just be there. And focus on the simple act of breathing and letting go of all the thoughts that push and pull your, your attention. And I think that it just really puts things in perspective. That, you know, it, as like, you know, sometimes I think it's fun to be a California hippie, but <laughs> I really couldn't really remember the place in the universe. It's how, like, you know, you're part of the universe and the universe is part of you. And I think there's,
1: a really niceness of that thinking. It is. It is. And I'll say it before and I'll say it again. We're not slowing down. We're not slowing down and taking the time and just realizing what's around us. And boy, does that sound hippie ish. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not go to Vietnam so you can wear your hair long. You know, like a haircut, hippie. But uh, I just think that once again, we should just slow down. And just realize why we're here. But once again, it's all good in theory. Is it, is it possible? Yeah. Is it probable? Probably not. But you know, I think just, just little by little, I think we just have to you know, mentally touch one person at a time and just try to get everyone on the most simplistic of tracks. And then, once again, once that's taken care of, we can go to the next step. Because the older I get, the less I want to be around people. Not because I don't like them, not that because I don't hate them or find them beneath me or anything of the sort. It's just that they're just too busy for me. You know, they're you know, they're just too they're just too self-complicated. You know, they they, they overcomplicate things. And it's not really necessary. And when you have a conversation with someone like that, You know, it just makes your head hurt (laughs) and you wonder why you're there in the first place and you want to retreat, you know, back to your home because you're just better off by yourself with books or with soft music or just something that gives you peace. Not many people have peace. Some that are happy, some that are satisfied, but not a whole lot of people have peace. And that's something that you really have to really think about. Peace is very easy easy to get. It's hard to maintain, but it's very easy to get. Right,
0: because uh, I've heard it said before, like, yeah, you, you shouldn't wish, wish for one piece because we ruined ruin that right away.
1: <laughs> Instantly ruin it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I think, yeah, having that timer piece is good. because like, also think of a story. A, a good story shouldn't be all action all the time. That's tiring. But this, you know, we got to slow things down, tempo, to add that variety and add that space to breathe. You know, that, that's a simple part of
1: storytelling as well. The only thing I can compare it to is most people want the diehard, the John Wick movies. They want action, 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 you know, but they don't want to slow down the movie to really tell the story about why it's happening. Because the action part is amazing, it's, it's exciting, it makes you, you know, drink soda and gulp down popcorn because it keeps you engaged. But when it comes to the slow part of the movie to explain why things the way they are, the backdrop, you know, why the sun is setting on this particular way or, or why is the grass this particular color? No one wants to focus on that. No one wants to focus on the simple things, they just wanna go straight to the action. And then when the action is over, they want more action a la john wick one two three four and pi so you know just that they just don't want to slow down
0: it's chasing the high and it's like it's addictive and also i think um sometimes that people who don't lead extremely dramatic lives they don't know what they're asking for like have you ever been on the run the cops that would be really action-packed
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what happens we get caught by the cops the action story stops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, and it's sometimes like, to me, it's like uh, candy. Candy is to have once in a while, but I don't want a whole diet of
1: candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's the endorphins pumping that keeps you going. So it's either a whole lot of candy and stomach aches and diabetes or slowing down and eating some fruit and vegetables in between. You know, so you can really, really appreciate the candy when you have it.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, just a, a life full of ridiculous action and drama all the time just sounds exhausting to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty much the moral to the story. Because you know, you and I know everything. We figured it out within a matter of an hour. I um, know. <laughs> <And>, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just once, I believe. Just, just once again, I believe that you know we as a species there is hope for us there's always hope you know after all the evils got unleashed in pandora's box the last thing they pulled out was hope and i just truly think at this stage of the game we just have to really keep our peace and try to share the knowledge of peace to you know to the people that we hold near and dear to us because as much as a hero in our story that we want to be we can't save everyone we can't we can't um make everyone share our same vision because if that's the case the world would be a boring place but i think we need less villains and definitely a whole lot more natural heroes what do you think i i think so too In that when
0: when we consider ourselves as protagonists of our stories we can examine how we truly affect the world around us. Because then it's just not about us and our own selfish desires. Because that's how, like, you know, more cartoonish villain behaves. I mean, granted, there may be some people who are just so entirely self absorbed who think that and just think, you know, because because I'm the hero, I should have everything. <laughs> it seems kinda of ridiculous. Yeah. It's almost like when we think about stories, I also think about video games. And some people consider video games art. I say it can be art. As long as it is challenging, and it's not just well, simple wish fulfillment, it can be art. Because if you think about other forms of art, it's not just wish fulfillment. It is, it is, it is, it is thought-provoking. It can be emotionally in, um, challenging. And that's the way I think life and our stories can be. When we have our unique experiences and share them, how, how is it going to come across? Is it just about how I attained all this treasure or is it about your journey and how you changed and something that you've done meaningful for yourself or and or others?
1: And that is true because the old saying, you can't take it with you. You really can't. And I would rather... And not to sound morbid, but I'd rather die in peace you know, than die with a heavy bank account or five houses or 15 cars. Right. I just I just rather die in peace. And if I laid down tonight and didn't wake up, I'm at peace and I've been at peace for many, many years. And I just want to share that with people. But once again, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a duck out of them. And that was a bad joke, Kevin. Thank you for not laughing at that. (laughs) Appreciate that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, but but then you can tell that story, authenticity. I think some people do things because they want to be able to tell a story. And so, you can tell a story You you have that lived experience. and, And so you have that authority. You're not just making up some sort of fiction. It is your real story. And I hope I I like to think that everybody has at least one good story in them, and if you don't, you got to develop that story.
1: (laughs) But once again, like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, not a whole lot of people want a good story. They wanna, you know, they wanna rest on their laurels of of the bad story, and how it's everyone else's fault. You know, I. Not to make this about me for a few seconds, shocker, shocker. Um, I'm a wealthy man. I'm, I'm a wealthy man. I've worked and I earned and I built my wealth. So what do I do with my wealth? I help out my son as much as humanly possible because it's only money. And the value that I have that I hand down to him is wisdom and peace and knowledge and sarcasm. Because I understand that my time is limited. So being rich in mind, rich in body, and rich in heart, it overshadows my bank account. It overshadows my cars. It overshadows everything. My story is going to be one of peace. And I'm going to pass down that story to my son. He's going to pass it down to his children, which he's never going to have or I'll kill him. And... Uh, <laughs> And I just realized, you know, once again, why I'm here and what my story is. And my story is going to have a peaceful ending. So that's my story. Um, what do you think the ending of... No, I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> what do you want the ending of your story? The ending of my story.
0: I want it to be a legacy. A legacy where I've touched... Many people's lives positively, and that I'm forgiven for all the mistakes that I've made, consciously or unconsciously. I want, I want my, I want my funeral to to fill the Superdome, you know. I wanted to fill the Mat- Madison Square Garden, for people that had great things to say with me, and they can bond with each other by having a connection with me, and that I made some sort of impact that at least, at least one small moment in his life. You know, I made a difference. I gave them a good memory, or at least made them smile. You know, or just you know, even people that like I haven't done right by, they can forgive me at the end. I want that to be my story, like a, a sort of happy ending.
1: And I believe that's doable. I mean, with with the life you've led, I I do believe that's possible. Um, I saw on a program somewhere. And I think I mentioned it before, I'm not too sure. Is how do you know that you've left a positive mark on someone? You know, you think about your sixth-grade teacher, or your ninth grade PE coach, or your Spanish teacher. You know their names. You know, you know their names because they made an effect on you. And I believe that's something that I've done. You know, I know when it's time for me to go. That somebody is going to mention Walker A.C. in passing, you know, whether it was a nice guy or the schmuck or you know the guy that ran over my big toe in high school, just you know something positive will be remember, will be remembered about me, and I really think I've achieved that, and that is my legacy. My legacy is is my offspring, you know. He gets to you know carry the tale, you know, um, a la Horatio and, and, and Hamlet. He's going to tell my story. So uh, I'm definitely at peace with everything. And I think that's a pretty damn good feeling. But not to make it too dark and dreary. Um, Do you have any rants or do you have anything before we close up shop, Kevin? The floor is all yours. Rants.
0: Uh, interest rates. Good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> They're so expensive, man. Jeez. It's like is everything turned into a luxury these days. Like I learned about my credit card interest rate. Like yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? just like? And then like maybe I was like feel obsessed with like tackling my debt. Like I, yeah, <laughs> because I, I don't like that at all. I don't like being both, like in, in 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 you know owing people things. I'm like oh this is bad. <laughs> but I am like okay, it's gonna be okay. I'm, you know, I'm capable of doing this. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> it is beyond my control. I'm going to be responsible and take care of it, but I can't. It, it's all I can do. It, it. I'm not in charge of the Fed. You know. So, yeah,
1: interest rates. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> See, we we're gonna talking about the secret to life to interest rates. See, there you go. That, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> How about you?
1: Oh, I think I mentioned this before. Um, I'm a very peaceful person. I used to be quite the angry, doting, bitter person that couldn't stand life. I'm mean, your basic emo kid, <clears throat> in other words, just a more dull version. And now I look back at the people that were that were in my life, and I run into some of them occasionally, and I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, you were, you didn't, you're, you're stagnant. You're still in 1994. (laughs) You know, you're still in 1998. What's wrong with you? You know, that's my rant. I'm like, come on, people keep up. You know, you look the same, but only with 10 kids, you know, kind of stuff like that. I'm like, you know, catch up. You know, I, I mentioned before that I want to grab people by the shoulders and just shake them and just shake them and go, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, I understand that I wasted some parts of my life, some some years of my life uh, on inconsequential things. And I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm shaking you, going, Come on, catch up to me, what what are you doing? You know, then I have to mentally release them and just exhale and go, Okay. Okay. (laughs) I will leave them be.
0: I'll
1: walk away, it's gonna be okay. You know, And then you walk away like Bill Bixby and the Hulk with the music playing in the background. You turn back around, and you look at them, and you're like, oh, come on, keep up with me, <laughs> you know? And you just, I just drive myself insane because in my younger years, I had the same thing. I had the elders shaking me going, what are you doing? You know, you have so much of that magical word that you hear when you were younger Potential. You have so much potential that you're letting waste away if you don't capitalize on it. And being a very unaware kid who had life figured out already, I thumbed my nose and I kept on going in that path. But at my age back then, I look at the people now who are in their 30s, their 40s, their late 40s, and they still had that 19 year old, 20 year old, 24 year old mindset. And I just want to shake them or squeeze their neck until their britches are full, going, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, (laughs) but once again, I have to realize that, and please, my listeners, don't get me wrong. I'm far from perfect. I'm not a saint, but I'm not Satan. I understand my, my, my limitations as a human being. I understand that. But just, you want people to catch up. You really, really do, and it's frustrating for me because I want, just like you, Kevin, just to see the good in people and make sure that you know they're at the level where they need to be before to have life figured out. And it's time for them to punch out and go somewhere else. Thanks. So I'll look some, sh- I'll some shadows, man. Please, by all means, you go first because once again, we've had a deep conversation again. Instead of your basic dick and fart jokes, we've gotten fiddles- philosophical again. <laughs> and I swear, the next show, Kevin, you and I have to do, we have to dip into the dirty joke book and pull out something, you know, to seem juvenile. Oh, boy. that will be fun times. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: My, uh, my show goes to really purified water. Um, I think people should drink more water because I think it's it, it's a nice break, and then when you have really high quality water, it's like huh oh. and then you you know you appreciate the subtlety of it all, like you know having a nice alkaline water. I've been to like some nice restaurants where it's like, geez, how'd you do this? <laughs> you have some bio like, there's some chemists back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a simple way to be mindful and to really get back to fundamentals as you mentioned earlier like slowing down and really considering just the act of drinking really nice purified water and how it can be a really actually nice experience a simple one but a very nice one
1: i like that I'd, i'd like to give a shout out to the people that communicate the people that take the time out of their day to communicate—not that a oh, hi, how are you doing? I'm fine. Your basic robot thing that you go through—but the actual people that take the time to communicate and have <clears throat> conversation, whether it be brief or even a half hour, just to talk about nothing—not politics, not religion, not relationships—but just simple things. And in my line of work. I get a whole lot of, you know, good to fair to midland conversation. But the ones that I do get, the people who take the time to really care about your day or, or you know, care about how you are as a person, I give a shout out to those people. Because I'm realizing that those people are becoming rare and more rare and more rare. You know, I mean you've seen it. You walk into a store or somewhere and they ask you, How are you doing? But you can look into their eyes and they really don't care. They're just doing it as part of their job. So my shout out is to those people who actually want to communicate. So that's my whole shtick on that one. And where can people find you, Kevin, if they want to get a hold of you? All righty.
0: Um, so um, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, we, um, I'm the co-host of another podcast, Zero and Video, my good friend Jeff. Uh, so we usually post it on our Facebook. And we are on automatic on, uh, I think, Spotify, maybe, but well, we're on Apple um, Podcasts and now we're part of, you know, the, your, your network, we'll probably have that under our belt as well. And so, um, yeah, basically, please listen, like, and share, or in our Facebooks to uh, interact with us.
1: Sweet. And like I mentioned earlier... I have 22 different platforms that you can find the Walker AC Experience on. Walker AC hosts shows like Cereal and Beer, Slacking Majestically, Out of Context Podcasts, and so, so much more. We are now picked up on Good Pods. So download the free app of Good Pods, type in the Walker AC Experience, that's what you can find. All the shows in between, and of course a programming note. Towards the end of this month, the Stitcher app will no longer be carrying... Uh, excuse me, I I stand correct, excuse me, the Stitcher app will no longer be carrying podcasts. So please, if if you've the Stitcher app, uh, go ahead and delete that and just find another way to listen to our show. Get those algorithms up so you're looking for a good podcast to listen to for 45 minutes to an hour, maybe a couple of times a week. Listen to the Walker AC experience. Reach out to us. Talk to us. We want to hear from you because without you, there is no us. And if you do write us... Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, I, I'd like to try to introduce some, you know, listener interaction. Please write to us. Please tell us about your story. How are you defining yourself? What genre is your story? How um, do you see yourself as a main character?
1: It would be nice, and we would love to have those on air and read them out because I understand that, you know, everyone has a difference of opinion about how they see themselves and how they see their story, and we would love to hear it. Trust me, I'm not the smartest peanut in a turd. I just know my story. So I would definitely love to hear yours. So as we sign off, any final words, Mr. Kevin?
0: Yeah, so let's, let's remind the people of our of email.
1: Yes, our email address is slackingmajestically01.yahoo.com. It's in the synopsis below. Uh, slackingmajestically01.yahoo.com. That's where you can find us. And also, if you want some apparel... Uh, The link's in the description below, cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. Shirts, sweaters, hoodies, bed sheets, you name it, it's there, even thong, folks. I have a sense of humor. So uh, as we come to a close for the Walker AC experience, I'd like to thank my co-host Kevin Yu once again. Kevin, it's been a pleasure speaking with you once again. You made this show 10, 15, 20 times better. Our camaraderie. Uh, we can have a friendly disagreement and still maintain because that's what friends do, and that's what who we are. I'm grateful to be to be part of this. So, folks, until next time, keep an eye out for the Walker AC experience. And of course, go on over and listen to the July edition of Cereal and Beer. I make a small cameo appearance on the show and we have a good conversation. Jeff and Kevin are always a delight to listen to. Until next time, folks, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.